0: Good morning, I'm Marshall Davis, it's another pandemic devotion. As I record this, Holy Week is beginning on the Christian calendar, which of course is a time when Christians meditate upon the death of Jesus. Many people have already been meditating upon death for a while now, very concerned about the possibility of their own death or the death of a family member, or friend from this new COVID-19 virus and has reached greater intensity just in the last few days. Just about 24 hours ago, the Surgeon General warned, and I quote him, this is going to be the hardest and saddest week of most Americans' lives. That of course is due to the expected rise in the number of deaths. Now, this focus on death can be very unsettling for many people but it can also be viewed as a blessing. Let me explain. Death is a reality that puts everything in perspective. Yet death is not very well known in the 21st century American society. We do not encounter it on a regular basis as our ancestors did who knew regularly the grief of seeing children and young people die. Furthermore, most of us don't live on farms and we don't hunt our food so we don't even come in contact with animal death except when beloved pets are put to sleep which is not a helpful phrase by the way our healthcare system as criticized as it is these days has been quite good in keeping most human death at bay until old age and then it usually happens out of sight so we are insulated from death of loved ones by hospitals and funeral homes where death is dressed up and made up as if they were heading out to a party. Children are kept away from death. They're kept away from funerals and funeral homes. And it's thought that they cannot handle it emotionally when the fact is, what is probably the case is that, is that the parents can't handle it emotionally. It has only gotten worse in recent decades. We are keeping away from funeral homes now. Increasingly, cremation is the option of choice, arranged over the phone, so now adults don't even see a corpse. Death is kept safely out of sight. More and more families, I have noticed, are now opting for no funeral or memorial service at all, and sometimes not even an obituary in the newspaper. In such cases, death is not publicly acknowledged or the person's life celebrated. But now, this coronavirus pandemic has us thinking about death. Once again, we can't avoid it. The contemplation of death, especially our own death, is part of many spiritual traditions. It is absolutely essential to mature spirituality. The central image of the Christian faith is a man on a cross dying a very painful and ugly death death is one of the four sights at the root of the buddha's spiritual awakening both buddhist and christian monks were expected to spend the night in a graveyard contemplating their own death although i have not camped out in a cemetery i have done something similar while i was still in my 20s and i was pastoring my first church in the later 1970s, the local funeral director took me to the back room of his funeral home where a corpse was being prepared for a burial. Now, that was probably against the law even then, and I'm sure it is against the law now. I'm glad he did it, though. I found it very instructive. It was the first time I had seen a dead person who had not been prepared for viewing. This was naked death, literally and psychologically. This pandemic is an opportunity to focus on this important dimension of our human existence. We're going to die. We're all going to die sooner or later. Hopefully not in in this pandemic. The odds are in our favor if we take precautions. But the truth is that none of us are getting out of here alive. The death rate is still 100%. And is worth preparing ourselves for. You know, people spend more time and effort preparing for retirement than for their death. But only one of those is certain. My father, for example, never made it to retirement, dying at age 64. Had people put more thought into planning a vacation than they do planning for dying. This pandemic is the perfect time to remedy that. This is not a somber or a gruesome or morbid topic, except for those who are squeamish about death. Death is a natural phenomenon, but is too often treated as too scary to mention out loud. Like Voldemort, death is he who must not be named. But I am suggesting that we treat death not as a threat, but as a tutor. As a spiritual instructor, death has a lot to teach us. The most important thing I have learned is that death is not what we think it is. That is because we are not what or who we think we are. We think we are individual psychological selves encased in physical bodies that will one day die. And that thought is scary. And in one sense, that is true. We are physical bodies that will die and our psyches, our personalities, our psychological selves will perish with our bodies, but that is not all we are and those aspects of us are not who we really are. So it is good not to be too attached to either of these. Modern neuropsychology has shown that this idea of a self Is a fiction. Experiments done on the two hemispheres of the brain have shown that this sense of self is created by the left side of the brain which has shown itself in repeated experiments to be notorious for getting things wrong. The self is a useful fiction that helps us function in society. It was developed through evolution to give our species the edge in survival and it has been very successful. But this self is not what we really are and it is not permanent, it's not going to survive death. This sense of self is literally on our minds, has no independent existence outside of our brains. It is an illusion, like a mirage is an illusion that is created by our brains. So what are we? And what is death? Are we nothing more than mortal bodies that die and necessarily takes the psychological self with it, since the self is a product of the brain? If you are an atheist, that's what you probably think, the death is ceasing to be. I'm not an atheist, even though I was accused of being one by some Christians after I wrote my book entitled Thank God for Atheists. There was a rumor going around our little town, which eventually got back to me, that I had abandoned my Christian faith. Nothing could be further from the truth. To paraphrase Mark Twain, the reports of my apostasy are greatly exaggerated. But I do not have the stereotypical understanding of eternal life as some as separate little selves entering through pearly gates and enjoying themselves forever in a celestial Disneyland, we are not separate selves or separate spiritual entities. We are much more than that, much bigger than that. When we don't identify. With that little self, with that little voice of our ego that's always chattering away in our mind. Then we are free to identify with that which is eternal. And that's where our true nature resides. In my Christian tradition, we use the name Christ to describe the one that is eternal and immortal. Other spiritual traditions use other terms. The Apostle Paul puts his realization of this as his true identity. This way, when he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Another place, he's reported to have said, in him we live and move and have our being. In one of his letters, he says that God is all and in all. I like the Christian philosopher Paul Tillich's terms, like being, ground of being, and being itself, to describe this reality. Some call it spirit or the image of God or Big Self with a capital S as opposed to Little Self with a small s. Use whatever term you feel comfortable with. The label is not important. What I am talking about here is way beyond labels. What is important is that we are aware of this eternal reality here and now while we are still physically alive. To do this Jesus taught us to deny ourselves, to die to self, to take up our cross and follow him, to be baptized with the baptism that he is baptized with. Jesus used these and many other phrases and images, including the the famous phrase, born again, to describe the shift in spiritual perception. You can't be born again unless you die. When that illusory sense of separate self dies, hopefully before our body dies, then we inherit eternal life. This eternal reality is available to us now. That is what the death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection represents for those with eyes to see. During Holy Week, we follow Jesus to the cross. In the story, Jesus says an effect to his disciples, don't worry, I'm going to die. But it's not the end. To live the resurrection in our lives is what it means to be born of the Spirit, born from above. This is the Kingdom of God. These are all terms that Jesus used. This is eternal life. This is what we can discover when we ponder death deeply and embrace our inevitable death Instead of denying it and hiding from it. This is our birthright. This is life and life abundant. It's what it means to be sons and daughters of God. When we die before we die, then we see there's nothing to worry about in death. Don't worry. You're going to die. But that's not the end. But this is the end of this devotion for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for this week. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thetaoofchrist.com. You can find my blog, Spiritual Reflections, as well as a link to my books at marshalldavis.us. You can email me if you want. You can find my email address on my blog site. I hope you join me next time for another episode of the Tao of Christ.